Tokyo Mew Mew really was like I should have known I was gay when I was five because like damn <laughs> I was really the girl who the, the wolf girl oh my god so hot I love animals I'm Elaine. And I'm B. And this is Can You Dig It? A Haikyuu recap podcast. Episode 7 versus The Great King. So this episode is honestly, unbiasedly, one of my favorite episodes from all of season one. I think it's my favorite episode from all of season one. This episode is the first episode that I'm like, oh yeah. Like, well, other than like maybe the, the very first episode, I think is like absolutely stunning. But this episode, like everything about it, just it felt so good to watch. There were so oh, many exactly. moments where like my my chest was just like pounding and I was just like, oh my God, this is so exciting. I just, and I, you know what? I can't even say it's unbiased. It's literally basically my favorite character and one of my other, two of my top five characters get introduced in this episode even though we don't oh, see one of them but 100 i kind of forgot that they introduced him and when they started talking about him i was like it's time yeah. it's time these episodes really kill me because like literally we get two of my favorite characters introductions one right after the other and i'm just i'm living for it i love it and so they're much. like the best introduction like the best introductions in like all of Haikyuu, we get to see this. Like the first time we see Oikawa, it's literally like screaming fangirls and like intense music. And then Noya just hops in and does like a perfect receive. It's just, it's such a good episode. And honestly, I'm saying this when I'm literally like in love with Nekoma. Like this episode is like the best episode of season one. I don't take criticism and I think it's because I'm biased, but it's just so good. Like I have almost two pages of notes. There's a lot to say, starting with Oikawa's introduction, which like you said, I think is one of the best introductions in the show because they really like, it lays down everything. Before the theme song even happens, it lays down everything that we're supposed to know about Oikawa Toru. We get that he's an aggressive player. He's really good. He's a nice guy, as Tanaka puts it, which I have feelings about that too, about that statement. And we get Kayama saying that he like thinks he has a shitty personality. We get these fangirls like going off about him. We get to know a lot about the the way that other people see Oikawa in just like that very first introduction. Exactly. And like, I know he's supposed to come off as like kind of a jerk, but I just can't, like can't see it. I, I made a note about it where I was saying that he's so just, charming like he's naturally charming like he has all these girls that are like screaming about him like why isn't he playing yet blah 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 and stuff but he's not like arrogant whatsoever about the situation look I will go off on this later about the arrogant thing I made a note of that too I I don't understand where people get this image but wait we'll we'll have to talk about that later we'll get there we'll get there baby steps part yeah the the thing about him is that like I don't think I think it really just depends on your perception of him as a character but I don't view him acting differently around different people as him like putting on an act 
if that makes sense. It's not an act, honestly. Like, because it's not, that's just it's nice to be a person. He's not like being just because he isn't like I don't, I don't even know what people want from him. Like, why why do people do people want him to like not schmooze with those girls who obviously like him? Why would they want that? He likes he having is. people appreciate his talent. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. What is give so him stuff with wanting to be liked? I do not understand exactly. That. Like, they make him cookies. Like, he's going to take the cookies. It's like, you know, it's not him being arrogant about it. Because it even goes on later in the episode where we start to get that inferiority complex with him. He just likes, he likes the attention. And what's wrong about that? There is nothing wrong with, like, wanting to be well liked. I feel like people will often be like, oh, this person is, like, fake. You know, and this happens in real life, too. Like, you know, oh, like, whoever is, is being fake by, like, a certain way to, in order to impress people. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Everyone acts a certain way to try and impress people. Like, it, it, it's human nature to, like, want to be well-liked, you know? Exactly. You don't want to be well-liked. I feel like that might be more concerning. Exactly. Something I really appreciate is that the second he's there, everyone's kind of talking about him and his talent and stuff. And then you just see why they are talking about him the way they are because he's so observant. Literally, the first play of the game, he's already making a comment about uh, Hinatan Fukushima, about how they're not the best at the receives, that they must be first years and stuff. He just got here. He just got here and he's already noticing that because he's like that observant and that like on top of things. Yeah, he probably would like watch a couple volleys while he was like warming up and was like, oh, I'm gonna aim it at him. Like, he's so, he's, that's his strongest suit as a player is his mind. Like, 100%. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that more as like the matches go on, but he's really, he's a very analytical person mm-hmm. and he has a, he has a really high game sense stat. He is the control tower, basically. He knows what's going on and he can see it and he can, work around what he sees in the other team to pull out the best from his own team and that's his strongest suit yeah he he really is honestly like what makes we said this last episode like he's what makes Sejo 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 like he's what makes them good yeah so then he aims that he aims that shot at Tsukushima and his music is playing it's the first time that we get his music playing with him doing the serve and it's just that is honestly one of my favorite moments when he's just pointing and the music's in the back, the jazzy little music. And then right before that, you get a little Yahoo. It's just like, this is Oikawa. This is him. It's stunning. Like, this is his moment. They've it been teasing stunning. it and leading up to it. And we finally get to, like, see it. Yeah, it's it's absolutely just, like, such a great moment. It's, like, really, I feel like maybe you don't feel it so much if it's the first time you've seen him or if you're not as attached to him. But, like, as someone who really loves this character, seeing him just, like, call his shot the music starts playing he just like lands it so hard it just it feels so gratifying honestly it's like this is what I've been waiting for I was like it was in my chest I was so hyped I was so excited about it um we only get to see him play for like a hot minute because the match ends and you know what I absolutely love I love the moment not not right when the the spike hits when he just a spike hits and Tor looks really surprised but when they like mm-hmm. officially lose and everyone else is like like everyone supporting Abadrasai is like kind of like oh like making like a sad sound and like moaning teasing about it mm-hmm. and then it cuts to Orikawa's face and he is like beaming with excitement he is literally so excited at the fact he gets joy in watching and analyzing volleyball like he can't even be like mad or frustrated about it because he recognizes that it was really impressive 
Yeah, and like no matter, I mean, we see him get so competitive later on. He's still like the first time he saw that click, there was still that just like excitement and like joy at just seeing volleyball that exactly. is like really good. And I have that too. Like even as a really a person who gets really competitive with others and like has to kind of control that. When I see someone do something really good, I'll still be like, well, shit, that was really fucking good. And like, there's a part of me that gets gratification from it. It's just like- I performed like in team settings, like against other teams. And like before a team would perform, we would walk by them and be like, oh, good luck. You know, never like anything like more than just like, you see them, you wish them good luck. But then you get to see these performances and you'd see them like do certain things. You kind of were like, shit. Like, that was really good. And it's like, you want to be frustrated that it was good, but you can't because, like, you're recognizing that, like, it was something that they did really, really well. And it's like, you yeah. admire it in a sense, no matter if they are competing against you or they are the opposite team or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also at this moment, Toru doesn't feel particularly, like, threatened by them yet. You know, he's exactly. just like, he can just purely appreciate it because at this point, he kind of, like, understands, like, where he's standing. You know, they they aren't doing that well. Like, they're going to win this match, but he has analyzed them and he knows that, like, okay, this is what's going to happen and it's not mm-hmm. that bad that I'm going to lose this one match. Exactly. And he even says it, like, later on when they're leaving and stuff, where he's like, I need you guys to, like, get your stuff, like, get it together so that you can come and go to that spring tournament because I want to play you again in a real match. Oh, like, he recognizes so this potential that they have. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that scene. Um, first, I wanted to talk about uh Takeda's speech I my... loved Takeda's speech so much so much I loved oh it oh my god my my dear beautiful Takeda sensei I love him so much that that's his first speech thing that he's given his first like long-winded speech which just like mm, the English teacher vibes are so good I remember when I found out that he was like a literature teacher and I was like it all makes sense it it makes so it much makes sense, sense. And then, okay, this is the first time that I'm rewatching and, like, really paying attention to all of these, like, little indicators about stuff. Like, the fact that they show us Rio and they're, like, across the world. (laughs) Yes. They literally said life-changing event across the world. And they showed a shot of Rio. And I literally never noticed this before. But I thought that was the coolest little thing. Yeah, and it's, like, more stuff that makes me think, like, like I had kind of a, an, an image of where I thought Fudate, like, figured out what was going to happen later on. But now I mm-hmm. think I'm, like, totally wrong. I think that it was, like, all played out from the beginning. I think it was definitely planned from the beginning. And you can even see that in a lot of the lines and events that happen. Yeah, which, like, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't think that that was the case. But now I'm, like, Going back, it's like, yeah, that was all, like, very much predetermined. It's super interesting to me. I think that's also why the storytelling comes off so well, because Haikyuu, unlike a lot of other manga, had a very set, like, time it was going to end, and it was all, like, thought out, versus, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes you watch things and they end up having, like, retcons and, like, plot holes and stuff, because people forget what they've written, like, Obviously, I mean, if you write that much stuff, you're gonna like start forgetting things and making continuity errors in your own work. But that doesn't happen at all because it's all been so meticulously planned. It's been planned from the beginning that this is what's gonna happen. And it's these little details that when you're first watching, you don't really pay attention to. Like, if I were watching this for the first time, I would have been like, why are you showing me real right now? Like, that's so specific. (laughs) But it makes sense. 
Um, then we have another confrontation in a bathroom. I have a lot of notes about this confrontation. Honestly, I have a lot to say about it. Yeah, I, I only have one um, note that I made. So you go, you go first. So last episode, I talked about, it was either last episode before, about my issue with Kendaichi. And it reigns true in this episode too. Because Yuki Kageyama, and he's just trying to make amends, like in like the most Kageyama way he can. Like it's probably not going to be like a actual like I'm sorry apology, but kind of like talking to him about it. And Kendaichi literally just shoots him down. And he's like, to me, you'll always be a tyrannical king. And it was kind of like, okay. Okay, Kandaichi. A little out of pocket, but I get it. And then he just continues to just scream at Kageyama, and Kageyama's like, right, right, just like nodding his head along with it. That confrontation in the bathroom just drives me up a wall. But honestly, I felt like Kina to too, because he's like, oh my god, there's another, he literally says, oh shit, a confrontation? I shouldn't watch this? And then he just peeks around the corner, and he's like staring, and I'm like, you know what? I felt that. I really felt that. Yeah, so my my feelings about this, I feel similarly in that, like, yeah, Kenaichi's kind of being a jerk right now. But what really um, got to me is what he says at the very end after Kageyama walks away, when he says that he feels defeated. I think that yes. that's a really interesting statement to make. It's really affecting to me um, because I think that it's the part of him, he's acknowledging that there's a part of him that already understands that Kageyama has made more progress than he has as like he Kageyama has made a change but Kindaichi like isn't ready to and has not made that change yet and Mm -hmm. he does like feel he's like wow I like I lost like I lost him that I'm like I haven't grown as a person yet but he already Mm -hmm. has so I feel like even though it takes him a really long time like we don't even we don't even see them interacting in like a really in a healthy way until like post time skip so even though it takes a long time Kendaichi's already sort of like acknowledging that like he is in the wrong in a sense. Yeah, exactly. But it does take him, it, it takes it him takes a frustratingly him. long time to, like, to fix it. Like him. we were saying a few episodes back, however long it was ago, we still hold on to stuff that happened like ages ago. Like I remember stuff mm-hmm. from middle school that happened and I still don't let it go. Mm-hmm. But the way he just constantly confronts about it, it's like, calm down, please. Yeah, and that's like, the kind of things please. that I'm talking about. When I said that, I was talking about things that I won't ever be able to get closure for. Like, they're not they're not beefs that I have with people I actually still talk to, you know? Like, exactly. they're, not, they're people I'll never get to have that, that closure with and have those feelings with and, like, actually be able exactly. to talk about what and happened. But they do get to. You're allowed, yeah, you're allowed to hold on to these feelings and stuff. It's just, he's just going at it in the bathroom and Kageyama is just like, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, I just needed to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just go to the bathroom? Yeah, that I'm that interaction go drives me up a wall. Always. I feel like the main the root of all issues just has to revolve around the bathroom. But I guess so. It's just it's where it's where it goes down. Like meet me in the bathroom. There's I feel like it's really just because it's like the most convenient place for these conversations to happen. Cause like when else are you alone when you're in like a team sport? Exactly. Except when you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Exactly. You always run into like people from other teams when you're in a bathroom and there's just that unspoken tension. Like even if you don't have any like grudge or like remorse with anything, you just see that person and you're just kind of like an unspoken, like <laughs> obvious tension lingering between you guys. Oh my God. Tension in the bathroom. Okay. So now we get to 
Toru waiting outside for them to give his speech, which I found so I, funny. Like, did he really need to do that? Did he really need to like wait outside? I love it out? so much because I can just imagine him just leaving and being like, I have to go. I have to go. And it's like, where are you going? And he's like, I need to talk to them. Just waiting outside for them. Like checking his watch, getting annoyed. Like it's just He has so... to go back inside to like finish practice and clean up. And he's like, hold on, I have to do this first. He's so much. But I love it. And this is honestly the first we get to see about how he really wants to play against Kageyama, but like not in a revenge sense. Like he he says like, I want to defeat you. It mainly, it's more of him trying to like overcome all the issues that happened in middle school. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's definitely a reasonable angle to say that he has a grudge. We know he he's the kind of person who keeps grudges. Like it's pretty, pretty heavy, heavily acknowledged. Um, at least he's honest about it. Yeah, and it's never, I don't think it's against Kageyama as a person. I, it's more so against Kageyama as a player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that as much as I love him, he is definitely the kind of person who, like, lets that stuff get into, involved in his relationships. Like, I, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would ever be friends with someone that he, exactly. like, like, he did socially ostracize Kageyama because he was good at volleyball. Like, he does have exactly. the, that kind of problem, which I can acknowledge is, like, a character fall. I guess like yeah it is I just don't care I just still but love it also it also really leads in and shows this inferiority complex that he has and you we literally see it there's that commercial break after everything and you get to like see it kind of but before the commercial break we're jumping around so much the fact that they actually refer to Noya as the guardian deity of Karasano like yes oh my god I love that they call him the guardian deity and I have a lot to, I have I have a lot of thoughts about this when we meet Yaku specifically. Um, I have more to say on the, the guardian deity aspect of this. Um oh, love. I, I just think it's really I, I love the way that they talk about Noya. I love the like how much they love him. Like everyone on the team is so dedicated to Noya. They're always like so ready to defend him. Wait, yeah. <laughs> I'm really going off about I, I we're jumping around a lot um yeah they I just love how much they love him I think it's really great but I have I have more to say about this confrontation I guess outside um it's really portrayed as as Okawa, like talking smack or like Kageyama says he likes to razz people mm-hmm. at least that's what my translation said um yeah like vile people up kind of, I yeah like a, but yeah. what's weird is that like I didn't really feel like that's what he was doing like he compliments Hinata and Daichi multiple times like he he keeps complimenting Daichi and he's like very honest about it and it doesn't really feel like anything he says is like with malice no like with malice or like even I know this feels sort of like this feels biased because we like to talk so much shit about Tsukushima like conf- confronting people before their match but for me like it didn't feel like anything he said was like a personal attack in the way that like Tsukushima was like mocking Kageyama but Rikawa it, it just does not feel like that to me what he said does not feel that way he's not instigating a fight he literally just like wants to talk to them about the match and like the different things yeah I agree I agree with that He he's really just like I don't know. It's not, he's not being friendly exactly, but he's also not being hostile. Like he even says it. He's like, no need to be hostile. Like he's really just having a conversation and like saying his weird little piece. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I feel like that's one of the, the things that people point to as him being like having a bad personality or whatever. I'm like, I, what, what? He, he was being 
nice. Like he was being nice. I don't know. I He's so geeky about volleyball and something that we didn't talk about earlier that I honestly love is he literally says an oh so yummy chance ball. Like (laughs) it's so geeky. In the dub, the scene in the dub is hilarious because he says he's like a delicious chance. It's just so geeky of him. And it's like the fact that people are so quick to paint him to be this antagonist or like arrogant or passive I'm like he says the chance ball is delicious and yummy like he's just he's so freaking geeky he just loves volleyball and like he analyzes that's what he does and so he's like I analyzed your team this is what happened you know it's not he's not looking for a fight ever yeah and honestly like you know what people do the people did they they kind of stopped doing it but people did the exact same thing to Atsumu when he first came into the anime. Everyone was all like, oh, blah, 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 he's so arrogant, yada, yada, yada. But then, like, you see them playing, you see them playing, and it does not feel like that. Like, it doesn't at all. I do not get that impression when I watch them play. All I see is, like, someone who is so just jazzed about the game that they love. Exactly. Never once do you see Osawa during a match insulting cross now as like players like individually like if he sees something he'll be like oh that's not gonna work but he's never gonna be like you suck because mm. he's just not that person he just likes to play he likes to analyze it and he's going to recognize the thoughts they have as a team but not he's never one to like directly insult yeah I mean I think that you could interpret what he says about Tsukushima and Hinata as an insult but I I, I don't know I feel like criticism I I didn't read it it. I didn't read it as an insult honestly because he didn't say he he didn't directly say that they sucked he was just like I can tell you guys are first years that was kind of sloppy and it's like yeah sure maybe that was a little maybe that was like a little bit insulting but it's never purposeful yeah I think the thing about him is that while he does give unsolicited unsolicited criticism he also gives unsolicited compliments which Honestly, like, I would love to have someone I played against just, like, come up to me afterwards and be like, that thing you did was really cool. Like, nice. Yeah. But then like, also he literally like, compliments oh, Hinata. Like, yeah. Sure. He's very forward. Let's go with that. But he's equally complimentary with how, exactly. like, crit- critical he is. He's just like that. Like, he just, I don't know, he just talks like that. And exactly. I, I freaking, also, I freaking love the way he talks. I'm, like, obsessed with his voice actor. The he's way, so charming. He's, he's so, so charming. charming. And the way that he changes his voice when he's talking to different people, which I guess, again, people could, like, could call fake, but I don't think of it like that. Like, when he's talking to Iwazumi later in the episode, his voice oh, is, like, yes. so much higher and so much more, like, playful sounding. And just the way that the voice actor, like, changes his voice based on who he's talking to is so spot on. Exactly. I actually wanted to talk about, first, first before we get to after commercial break, the commercial break bit with Okawa and Iwazumi is literally like my favorite. So cute. I think it, it's so cute. His little like, his like tongue sticking out and his little like wink and Iwazumi just like kissed. Yeah. I, I, it's so, and it's like really shows their dynamics. It's just so cute to me. It's literally him. Just how he's like just so like casual and carefree. I think it's so precious. So then the commercial break happens and we get that little conversation between um Iwa and Oikawa and this is this is where I made the note about um Tori being like really analytical as a person um because what he says about Kageyama 
finding his best destination he like mm-hmm. like he really just like walked into the room watched them play a few volleys and like completely understood the situation whereas it took like us as the viewer like seven episodes you know like he's so quick to understand not only that things are working or that they aren't working but like the why and the how and like really get into the nitty-gritty of things exactly and he even makes a point to say that no one like there's Kageyama has like no match like there's no one that can match him in terms of like certain abilities and just the fact that Orkawa was so quick to like lower his abilities and skills in comparison to Kageyama is like something that really gets me always yes. where it's like he has he's so talented and he doesn't realize his talent like he realizes he's analytical but in terms of like actual skill when playing he doesn't realize how talented he is and he's so quick to push it inside and be like oh there's no like no one can match Kageyama like he's like the best and Iwazumi even calls him out for it like why are you saying this but the thing is like okay this is where I wrote I was like where does this perception of him having an ego come from I literally wrote why do people think he has a superior superiority complex I literally literally doesn't he literally doesn't like nothing about him as a character I always hear people who are like throwing out for the like superiority complex and then they're like god complex I'm like okay clearly you don't even know what a god complex is like nothing about him he does not act that way at all if anything he He, just he he acts like a person who's kind of insecure he literally is diminishing his own skills to the point where he's like no one can match him like he's like he's so good no one can match him and like not even acknowledging his own skills as a player and it takes Iwazumi literally throwing a volleyball at him and being like why are you saying that for him to like kind of move aside from it but it's just the fact that never once is he like I'm so much better than him I deserve this I he literally you never, never. really never. see him talk up his own abilities no and when he does it's like extremely honest and self-aware he's like yeah I am better at all those other things than him but he never exactly. takes it as like he's like and that's how we're going to beat his one skill He's not saying it like, well, I have all of this, so like obviously Exactly that's it and I'm better. He's like, Oh, well, these are like our He's assets. Like, these are his. Exactly. He's like, We can do this and this is what's gonna help us to beat them. It never want him diminishing other people's abilities and making himself feel better. It's it's always the inverse where he's always so quick to put other people on a higher pedestal than him. Yes. And he especially yes. does it with Kageyama. Yes. And and that's the other thing that really drives me nuts is that if you're going to say that Oikawa has a superiority complex, but you're not going to say that Ushijima does, who is so quick to dismiss people because of where a they went of, to school or how tall they are, like, okay, whatever. I get so cute. There's a lot of clear discrepancies between people and like the opinions of characters. And it's like, you can be so yeah. quick to judge. And honestly, this is all based on like things that we've experienced within the fandom and I feel like maybe people who are newer to like uh being around the Haikyuu fandom probably like don't don't understand why we get so so upset about it because I feel like it's kind of not really a thing people do as much but people used to be like so mean about him honestly yeah for me I have liked Orkawa since the second he came on screen that first okay. second he turns and he phases me and he does this with a Yahoo, I was hooked. I was like, I love him. He's gonna be my favorite. He's been my favorite now in nearly like five years. He's just yeah. been like like my 
my my anime boy and I'm always so quick to defend him and it's not even in the sense of like he's my favorite don't talk about like that it's just misinterpreting like misinterpreting him as a character in general with people being like oh he's so egotistical oh he has a superiority complex or oh he does this and this and I'm like what are you watching you're obviously watching something different you're obviously not looking at it you're so quick to hate on him because he's being introduced in such a different way than all the other characters that you're so quick to push him to be the antagonist when there's no antagonist there's no bad guy there's no it's crazy he didn't even get written like that really it's like very subtly talked about that way and it goes away very quickly after like season two it's frustrating and I have gone off on people for it and I don't do that because I'm like you're allowed to have your own opinion your opinion has to be based on the facts of the show like it just does like if you say oh I don't like Oikawa because he gets really jealous of people okay that's true that is accurate or like I don't like Oikawa because I can't even come up with another reason that's real because he's great I don't understand why anyone wouldn't like him I've heard I've heard a lot of people say like I don't really like he's just not my favorite character I don't hate him he's just not my favorite I'm like okay that's fine I love him I'm not gonna worry about it totally acceptable totally chill I like characters that other people like, and I don't like characters that people do like. So it's like... Yeah, I, I think Oshijima's boring as shit, and people love him, so, you know. <laughs> I get really annoyed with the fact that people make Oikawa out to be the bad guy or the villain or say he's terrible, egotistical, and then turn around and are, like, bootlookers for Oshijima. <laughs> and it's true. It's so true. I had a conversation about it with someone that was saying they hated Oikawa, like, but I love Mushijima, and I just had to stop what I was doing, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, God, do you remember that Twitter post where someone, like, compared him to Hisoka, and, like, the guy I... from Demon Slayer who, like, brutally murdered this my mind. It was, like, Hisoka, Mugen from Demon Slayer, Oikawa, probably some other, like, actual villain, like, you can tell your problematic villain, but, like, faves. <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> the, the, the post was something like, it blew up on Twitter and then it got deleted. But it was something like, um, unpopular opinion, like your problematic faves, actions can't be excused by like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, <laughs> my problematic fave? <laughs> like, Kalator, like, like, come on. Because sure. he's like a kind of a bitch and he like almost hit a kid once when he was 16. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just like, if you're going to call a problematic uh, care like problematic fave you can't do it in comparison with like pedophiles and murderers yeah <laughs> yeah it's, that's that and that's what gets frustrating because it's like you're making him out to be this terrible fucking person he's a teenage boy with insecurities who likes playing volleyball he just i it, it baffles me how people are literally making him out to be this terrible person and I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, what are you watching? That I'm, you're obviously watching a completely different anime than me. Like, you must be watching something where he's, like, killed someone because I just don't understand. I just don't get it. Honestly, I don't. It really makes no sense. Nothing about his character is, like, he's not even mean. Like, he's not. He is nice to his friends. Like, he yeah, is like, a funny, nice friend. He's so caring. He really is, like, the most, like, one of the most caring characters honestly he loved like oh my god the way he treats kunimi and kendaichi is so sweet he's so oh, i adore he's so sweet his relationship with kunimi it's so precious so to me. i adore it 
when he like walks on he's like let your senpai take care of this and like does his little it's like he's sweet to them and it's like when he was in middle school he was kind of a little shithead but it's like who wasn't a annoying little shit in middle school like him like sticking his tongue out and being like you're so stupid does kageyama not do the same to hinata does fukushima not do the same to both kageyama and hinata like yeah and i've got i mean we'll we'll get into this we'll get into this more when we get to the middle school flashback because i have a lot of feelings uh, about this i have and so it's, many too much, about it's it. too much to fill one episode. I feel like we have to move on now. Yeah. Because we're getting too heated about it. Okay, so after like, <sighs> the whole inferiority complex, you just have Iwazumi and Oitawa just going out oh, of each other, just bickering. The and banter. The banter. the banter. And Hanamaki's just like, can y'all shut up? <laughs> Like, they're just not phased. They're not amused by it. They're just like, y'all do this so much. Can you please just help us pack up? I love it. I I love the energy of, like, because I had that best friend, too, where, like, everyone else would be like, you guys are so annoying. And we would just be, like, in our own little world, like, laughing our asses off and, like, acting like idiots. And everyone else around you is just like, what the? fuck is going on and like that is their energy i just love watching them they're so like relaxed around each other i love it i love it so fun i adore it i love the way that toru is such a teasing person but he also like gets gets teased to the same extreme like they they do balance each other out very well because they're both like so they like fuck with each other and it's just perfect it's so fun to watch I think their friendship just makes me so happy honestly yeah same it's one of my favorite friendships in the show and that is saying a lot because some of them get like very good it's not my favorite but it's definitely up there I think it's not my second favorite god I know what you're god (laughs) but um yeah, I love their I love their friendship and they're just little like witty banter. Like later on, it was when we keep like like I don't say like bossing him, but kind of like you need to pack up, just being like so like yeah. on top of it. And what's how just like, what are you like my mom? And he was gonna just like so have to say a word and Orkel was already like, I'm so sorry. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> no, and they honestly they're so funny. They really I remind me of me and my best friend. Like we we were like friends from like little little kids. We were like six when we met and like we're still best friends and it's just like I don't know the whole thing just like is very sweet to me and like the way that they talk to each other is so how how we I talk is just it. lovely I love them so much that was honestly such a fun scene to watch and it's the first we get to really see that relationship that they have with each other yeah I mean that's like really the first time we get to see Iwachan as a character like at all you know because before that we yeah. only saw him like a little bit and like we were saying, it was kind of like different without Otawa there. He was kind of just like, I don't know. It was, it was just so, like such like whiplash to go from like how it was the last episode to the witty banter that he has with Otawa. Just like, it was just so like the change and how you become more comfortable around certain people. Um. So then we get, go back to Karasuno. I'm honestly, I'm freaking obsessed with Takada. I'm obsessed with him. I love him. I'm head over heels. I freaking love him. He is amazing. Like, just even in that small conversation that he has with Daichi about, like, the game and, like, about finding a coach, he just, like, I don't know. I just love him. First of all, I love his voice acting. The voice acting, again, stunning. Something about that voice is just so, like, calming and, like, good to hear. 
I could honestly listen to uh, Takada ASMR and he just talks about his day. <laughs> what he ate for dinner, what he's going to do tomorrow. Try this new tea. I would listen. It's just so like soothing and relaxing. And it's why he doesn't have to be aggressive. He just kind of just talks and he has that respect. Like he gets so much respect for it mm-hmm. just because, and I just, I adore it. Yeah. And he's just like such, oh God, he's such a good person. And he's like, oh no, I'm like not offended by that. Like doesn't bother me that you think that. And he's like, I'm working on it. I'm going to find you a coach. Like he's so, he's just, he's just wonderful. And then Tanaka calls him Takachan. He's like, oh, what's Takachan doing? I'm like, don't call your teacher that. But at the same time, I'm like, I would call him that. He's adorable. He seems, he's like that teacher. I had a college professor and he was like, my name's Professor, uh, I'm going to do a random him. He's like, my name's Professor Smith, uh, Dr. Smith, I guess. But y'all can call me Michael. I don't care. Just like so, so casual about it. And it's like, he didn't care because we all respected him. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's just the type of person talk it is where like, he'd be like, okay because they respect him yeah yeah no I definitely I agree with that there's like certain people that's just like they're just their respect doesn't have to be formal like you you can respect them and still be like that person is so like cute and like you can acknowledge that and like be relaxed around them but you know that the respect is still there oh my god we get (laughs) Suka and the mop it's so dramatic, but it never fails to make me really emotional. I think it's the funniest thing ever. I know that it's like a metaphor, but I just think it's, it's so funny. It's funny, but I still get emotional. How he's like, don't touch it. It can be fixed. And it's like, <laughs> I crack up, but I'm also like, oh, Suga. I mean, it's sweet. But at the end of the day, I can't help thinking about the fact that that mop, it never gets fixed. I know for a fact, because I've... I, I know it does. I don't care about the symbolic meaning. Just on the face of it, there is a broken piece of like cleaning equipment. It is never getting fixed. But no one's gonna throw it away either. It's just gonna sit there forever. And the fact that like the he's like, it. no, don't don't throw it away. The second it leaves the closet, Suga's like, who took it? Who took the broom? Like Bring it back. Broken spot. Like I I think it's so funny. But you know he'd never take the time to fix it. Like he's just gonna keep being like, don't touch it. I, I, I love Suga. He's honestly, he really means the best. But sometimes he's just so, he's just so Suga. He kills me. I love him so much. Then we get to, we go back to the convenience store. Gives them those protein love bars. Scene. It's so cute. He like literally gets onto them because they're like, like, we want meat buns. And he's like, I don't have any more. Go home and eat a real dinner. And they're like, oh, sulky. And he's like, you know what? Fine. And he gives them the little protein, like the energy bars. And I'm like, he she cares about them. He's already like caring about them, and like like we said this before, but he's like already caring about them, and they're not even his like students yet, and it's just so sweet. And also like it's very small town of them to like go to the same convenience store every day, and like the owner gives them protein bars. Like that is not something that I've had happen since I lived in like a small town. Yeah, I had a gas station close to my high school and we would always go after school, like before rehearsals. And the gas station people, they just had a system that would need your backpack at the door, get what you need. Like it was just so common. Yeah, that hasn't happened to me since I was like a little kid. There was a place that I used to buy chicken from, like fried chicken. And one time they gave me free 
the chicken. It was, it was a big deal. <laughs> I love being known by customer service people. It's sweet because it really is just such small community vibes. Then we get Kageyama talking about why he didn't go to Sherry Torizawa. It's a really interesting acknowledgement and part of the show to me. We I'm never saying, get like a solid answer. Yeah. Why they didn't take him. I mean, I guess probably because whoever was doing the scouting like heard about the yeah like knew he was having like behavioral problems something that I really adore is that Kageyama's like I didn't do good on the test and Fukushima kind of like makes fun of him for it so it's like oh you're like not good academically and Daichi's like that test is really hard like really hard but you know what only one person in all of Shiro Torizawa's volleyball team made it in Shiro Torizawa based solely on the exam itself oh yes he did god I can't wait to talk about him yeah, it's a hard-ass test, and that freaking dorky little med student boy, he passed it. Oh, gosh. Future doctor. Uh, it's just, like, it's crazy, because, of course, Kageyama's not the best academically, but for Daichi to admit, like, that's just as hard. Like, mm-hmm. I completely get it. Like, it shows just how prestigious your Torizawa is. And how it's like, basically, if you don't get in for volleyball, you're just not going to make it in. Yeah, like, it seems like the kind of school who everybody there, even if it's not volleyball, it's, you know, uh, whatever, whatever they're doing, you like have to excel in something extraordinary. It's like like a fine arts school, almost. Like, we had a lot of them. And it's like, you get in based on that skill or talent that you have. Yeah. And it's not so academic based. Yeah. I mean, except not fine arts, it's like whatever other thing that they're doing, you know, sports or I guess they have like dressage there. We see horses. That place seems so whack. I would hate to go to a school like that. Like my high school, I went from a really small town to a like pretty big population where at first the entirety of the high school population ended up being smaller than my graduating class senior year. So it's like that was big for me. But even then, it still wasn't big compared to a lot of the schools around me. Like for me, I was probably like similar in size and like area to like Karasuno versus all these like huge schools that when I walked in them, you got like lost. And it's like, I just can't, I just can't imagine it. I really can't because I got overwhelmed at my high school and it was like tiny compared to the other ones. Yeah. I wonder how, I wonder what the student body like is like. I wonder how many students there are. Because obviously, if it's such a prestigious school, it might not actually have that huge of a student body. I was thinking But at that. the same time, we see, like, you know, cheer squads and, like, all this shit. You know, it must I be. I feel like it's bigger, but it's not, like, the biggest population. Student population, just because of the fact that it's so prestigious and hard to get into. But I've always wondered that. I'm like, they're ridiculously prestigious. Yeah, they have, like, this whole marching band and cheer squad at their game. So it's, like, just how big is it? I mean, someone has to be in marching band, right? Like, you know. I was in marching band. <laughs> I was in marching band. Right, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's fine. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> no, but Shiratorizawa is ridiculously big. To the yeah. sense where I'm, like, does it need to be that big? Right, with their, like, four gyms or something. Well, you know, my school was in an old monastery, so can't relate. <laughs> my graduating class had 10 people in it. Can't imagine what yeah. it would be like to go to a big school. I was um, in a school, but it was still, it, compared to like other schools around me, I was pretty small. 
but I had like a good like three, 300 people in my graduating class, maybe close to 400. I'm not sure. And that was small compared to other schools. For American standards, I think that's pretty average, isn't it? Anyway, that was sort of a tangent. Um, I realized that I spent all of the last time we talked about Ukai pronouncing his name wrong uh, because I'm just now learning after four years that it's not a hard U sound. It's a U sound. First time I listened, I guess. I try so hard, but sometimes we all, we all, we all fall down. It's okay. It's- <laughs> I was so sad when I discovered it. I was like, oh, whoopsie do. They said it like six times in the episode. I was like, wow, I can't believe that I've been pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> We get to meet Grandpa Ukai, Ukai Sr., who I have very mixed feelings about him. Yeah, I don't have very many positive feelings about him. We can talk about that more later. I like him, but I don't know. But it's so interesting to me how there's such a presence about him, about how Kageyama was like, oh, I came here because I heard he's coming out of retirement. Like, I want to see him and and, be there. I feel like if I was Daichi... I would immediately like be like, okay, pressure's on. Like, we need to find a fucking coach. He's, yeah. He's 17. Like, please. Like, <laughs> afraid. Takara, you're doing your best. We appreciate it. You don't know what's going on. I can't run this entire team. We need someone. And Takara's like, I know who I'm going to do. But I love that he's just like, he goes so hard. It's so funny. Like, how did he even find out who that was? Where Where is he getting all of his information from? He just knows everything. I feel like someone talks about it in like the faculty lounge and he's just like, like his ear to the door and he's just listening and he's like taking notes. He's really just like on the on the ground running, like so and invested. It's the fact that he's contacted Ukai so many times before because he literally answers the phone, he's like, You again? <laughs> like, why do you keep calling me? Oh god, I love it so much. Speaking of Takata, this little speech that Trigger gives when he's like when Suga's talking to everyone in the street. And he's like, we're combining our strength. We've had elements before, but they never like coexisted, blah, 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 blah. I was really like, wow, he sounds, he sounds like Takara. Like you can tell he's so young, but he already has that same like teachery vibe. That was like one of my favorite reveals from the time skip. Speaking of, something that I didn't even think to mention is that he literally says, he's talking about the quick and he goes, ain't it great? Wait, like he just say? he says when uh Kageyama and Hinata do their quick that at the game and Takara sees it for the first time and he's like ain't it great oh I know he's like bragging about it he's just he's so, so proud of them and I think it's so precious how he's like ain't it great I just I think it's so adorable I love him then we get on to the subject of Noya again this scene I makes have. me so happy Ooh, when I say there's no antagonist in Haikyuu I lied <laughs> Literally, that's how I feel. I fucking, I was lying because I hate that fucking man so goddamn The vice principal, Kasuna is the antagonist of Haikyuu. He is my <laughs> enemy. He has a fucking redemption arc, and you know what? I still don't forgive him. <laughs> and the redemption arc is only because it's going to make Karasuna look better as a school. But he's like, you know what? Yeah. I love you guys. Like, shut up. A month so suspension mad. from activities. Okay. A week of from school and a month of suspension from activities. Oh, it's so we bad. We can't talk about it too much yet because we haven't seen the official flashback. And when that happens in the next episode, we can go off completely and totally. But for now, I will say that everything his friends say about him is the honest to God truth. 
And I'm so glad that they are there to back him up. I'm so glad that they all jumped to his defense and are like, he's not a bad guy. He's not a delinquent. He didn't, he like, he like didn't do anything wrong. Oh my God. Remember we can't talk about supremacy. Nishinoya I threw my pen across the room. <laughs> I literally threw it. I was just so angry. He deserved so much better. And I I love how much everyone across now just loves him. Like as a player, as a person, just in general, they're like, no, like you don't understand. They adore him. He literally came up and like everyone, like they were all so ready to be like, yes, like he's coming back. Our our guardian deity. Like they're all they all like know that Noyo being back like changes the fucking game and they just love him as a person they're so like he's he's just really energetic like they're so I I love him honestly <sighs> honestly I can't even say if he's my favorite from Krasino because it changes so much but he's honestly so up there because I just adore him he's just a wonderful character he is so charming and interesting and like fun I, I just, I love him. Same. And, like, universally good. Like, I don't know. He just is awesome. He's just such a good fucking character, and I cannot wait to talk all about him next week. Praise him. We just, we're just going to praise him. Like, this episode, of, this episode was praising Arakawa. Next episode, <laughs> we're going to be praising Noya. Pretty soon, we're going to be praising other characters. It's just so much. There's so many good characters, so honestly. Much, so many good things to talk about. So much good exactly. in that little world. And then we do, we get his 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 first actual entrance. Very he exciting moment. I own that so, shirt. I bought it. Really? <laughs> that shirt that he's wearing, yes. I really want the Way of the Ace shirt. Oh my god, me too. I want the Way of the Ace shirt so bad. I really want to buy one. You can get them on Redbubble. I want one so bad. Yes. Dude, do it. I, dude, I'm about to roll up to a rehearsal wearing my Way of the Ace shirt and like just fucking kick ass. I love that shirt. Oh my okay. god, I love all the shirts. I want, I want a bunch of them. Even just like the one I, I want the shooter shirt that says potato on. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm wearing an Abba Josai shirt right now just to celebrate <laughs> this momentous occasion of meeting Oikawa for the first time, really. But yeah, all the, like the shirts are just so they're just so great, honestly. I love the clothing that they wear in the show. I think it's so good. Even in like the the art book stuff and like the outfits that they put him in. It's just so fun to see like what he came up with and like what is going on cuz some of them are I think it's so funny when people draw like really fashionable, like sexy fan art of them and then you remember that like in canon they wear like this is the only thing I've ever seen in my life. We've been, we've been praising him, but that one outfit Orkawa wears. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It's, it's so horrendous. Horrible. It's horrendous, but I love it's it so much. the funniest thing I've ever seen on a human body. Wait, I want to find a picture. The um, redemption is that newer, the, the season four art style, the newer one that they did with like the bucket hat and like the plaid like that yes. that was a good redemption they all look really good in that but he does god. look cute in that one god the the long the knee length plaid I had, shorts. I had shorts just like that when i was like in second grade it's so terrible but you know it's what? so bad the fact that everything is so color coordinated too it's like almost makes it worse it's like he really put a lot of thought into this outfit so he really so said ugly. i look so good right now oh that's so funny 
it's like the, it's it's all like perfectly color coordinated and the and it's shirt just disgusting the shirt it looks like one of those like you know those shirts that are like um different uh like art styles with like the smiley yes. face in all the different arts it looks like that but with a volleyball like <laughs> yeah no it's it's so bad and I've seen people do like redraws of it and I'm still like there's no saving it I'm always gonna think of this original with those the socks. socks. <laughs> it's socks horrendous. The crew socks pulled all the way up to the calf. The bracelets, God, it's horrible. He's horrible. It's so bad. Oh my God! But, but you know yeah, what? Season three, season three redeems him. And he looks so cute when he wears that rice shirt in um in the time skip. Yes. The like supreme style shirt, but it has like a kind of rice on it. I think is what that text says. He looks so cute then. He really, he changes the game. But yeah, like a lot of that art is just like so rough. It's so funny though. Honestly, I can't help but like, <laughs> I just laugh every time I see it. Cause he's I just so geeky. He's so geeky. He just he, such... I, yes. He's so I love geeky. it because they are just like this like teenage boy. Like of course they can't wear clothes. Of course they're like incapable of dressing themselves. That's that literally sense. how high school boys dress. Yes. Like if you go to public high school, that's how they dress. Right, and this was also, like, what what year would they have been in high school? Like, 2009 or something like that? Yeah. 2012? It's cool. probably, it probably 2012. And it's, like, I was... Yeah, that's what they were I was like. in middle school at that time. And, like, that's, like, <laughs> I wore something similar. I literally wore something very similar to what was outfit that I'm clowning right now. So I'm, like, I need to keep my mouth shut. I love it, though. Yeah, honestly, I think it's fun. I think it's way more fun to think of them, like, wearing stupid clothes and, like, acting like dumb teenage boys than it is to, like, be angsty or, like, take things in, like, a weird, weird direction. Because it's just, like, that's what they are. Yeah, honestly, I think it's so fun. Well, that's the end of the episode. I kind of wish we got to talk more about Noya, but I guess that's for next week. You know, it's a very good introduction to him because we're about to meet the guardian deity of Karasuno. The guardian deity arguably the most important piece of Karasuno's puzzle. I, I can't even, I can't even argue against it because it's so true because I even I, said it like yeah. Noe is such an important aspect and like the second he comes in they click as a team. He's my mom's favorite character. Your mom has good taste. <laughs> Your mom has really good taste. My mom doesn't watch anime. <laughs> my mom watches so much anime. She's like a full-on weeb. I love She'll that. call me and be like, She's like, I watched The Devil as a Part-Timer. And I'm like, why would you watch that show? See, my mom watches Studio Ghibli, and that's really it. But I'll be talking about Haiku, and she's looking like I'm crazy. And I'm like, Mom, come on. Come on, Mom. That was the intro. First, I got my mom to watch. My mom's always watched, like, Studio Studio Ghibli movies. Then I got her to watch Oron. (laughs) And that was her first anime. My first anime was Oron. I watched it in eighth grade. My sister was like, we need to watch this. And then from there, it just spiraled. Yeah. And now look where I I am. I think Oran was one of my first animes, but I watched it when I was, like, really young. I was, like, eight or something when I watched it. I got into the game kind of late. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, that doesn't include, like, I guess, no, I watched Tokyo Mew Mew. Because it was on, like, Fox Saturday morning cartoons when I was, like, five and six. I was watching that. Such a I good think show. it's gonna be something that I watched before. I feel like I've seen some anime before I watched Oron. You know what? I think my first anime was Sailor Moon. I remember oh, watching yeah. some of Sailor Moon before I watched Oron. Yeah, that makes sense. Also- Which explains a lot about me as a person now. Yeah, I feel like we were really part of that. Like, I feel like 
there sometimes I'll meet like anime fans our age who have not seen Oran and I'm like how did this even occur like it is like a quintessential Oran's like the gateway anime if you're if if you are like a girl when you're a kid like if you were if you were told that you were a girl as a child you watched Oran and you know what my brother's first anime was Death Note which makes more sense honestly I feel like that's another like kind of gateway anime to watch I've actually never watched Death Note (laughs) I was like I'm good (laughs) I don't need to watch this I I'm I wasn't a fan I stopped watching like halfway through because after one of the characters died the only character I cared about I was like I'm done I hate it when characters die fuck that shit Banana Fish was the worst show I've ever watched. I I say that like I'm not obsessed with <laughs> I it. I don't even know Banana Fish because I can't handle the pain. Dude, Banana Fish was the most upsetting thing I've ever watched. And you know, it really- Literally got nine episodes in and I was like, I can't. I had a breakdown. I was like, I can't. I feel like it really says something about me as a person that like, I picked a favorite character and they were the first character that died. <laughs> And I was like, what am I going to do with myself? Honestly, I'm going to attach myself to the next character who's going to die. Honestly, same. I I always pick out the ones that die. And it's like, why am yeah. I like this? What did I, what did I do to deserve this? This is why Haikyuu is so refreshing. Because we don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about anyone dying. I know they won't die. The only, die. Like, the only issue that we have is just who's gonna win who's gonna win i feel like i'm dying oh my gosh well i guess that's it for this week wait we had a lot to say yeah honestly um that's that's my boy that is like my number one that's he's it he's everything he's he's the one characters come and go but oikawa will always be number one spot for me oikawa is forever i mean okay technically he is tied like if i do a tier sorter he's tied oh he's tied for me but he's been there the longest yeah he has a he just has a very special like place in my heart even if I don't talk about him he's always on my mind (laughs) he's always on my mind god well um I'm Elaine I'm B this was can you dig it and uh we'll catch you next week bye bye